halfway through the month of August, and we actually do have some hockey on right now. The World Junior Hockey Championships are going that were postponed from earlier this year. We're going to talk some news involving the Vegas Golden Knights. We're going to be talking Carolina, a couple stories involving the Toronto Maple Leafs, and what is going on with the New York Islanders and their potential quote-unquote signings. We will divulge into all of that on episode 146 of the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast. Let's go. later today. Uh, happy Tuesday to you. It is the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast. Cogermart, your host as always. If you'd like to give me a follow on social media at ST Hockey Podcast, you can listen to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to. And, um, you know, World Junior Hockey Championships going on right now. I'm not going to divulge too much into them. Uh, we're still in the preliminary rounds for the time being. And once things get going, probably next week, I'll do a recap of it. But obviously, Team Canada looks great. A couple prospects have really shown themselves. And Connor Bertard and Mason McJavis are just tearing it up right now, specifically McTavish. But a few teams I want to get into here. We're going to be discussing Vegas. And what a world of hurt this team is in and basically have been <laughs> really since they one traded away Mark Andre Fleury and then traded for Jack Eichel and what it's done to that team. One of those players, Max Pacioretty, we're going to talk about him, what it means for Carolina, why it's not the biggest deal in the world. A couple of new stories involving the Toronto Maple Leafs. One, a potential prospect with a comeback and two, the unfortunate diagnosis of Borea Salming. And I, I just want to have some questions answered for the New York Islanders. Like, there's a few things that are potential or have, quote-unquote, already been agreed upon, but there hasn't been a news story yet, so we're kind of waiting for those news stories. So let's let's kick things off with this. Unfortunately, it was reported. The Vegas Golden Knights are going to be without their starting goaltender, Robin Leonard. He is set to undergo hip surgery and is expected to miss the entire 2022 2023 season things go from bad to worse in Vegas we're talking about him a little bit later on in the show but they basically gave up Max Pacioretty for literally nothing a year prior when they had their goaltending tandem of Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury they let Fleury walk for virtually nothing now not nothing there was a prospect that came back but Marc-Andre Fleury went from Chicago to Minnesota and Minnesota gave up a first-round pick for him. Vegas didn't get that. And the same thing happened with Max Pacioretty. It was, I believe, for future considerations. Why? Cap hit. There's a saying, and I know this is a cliche in Vegas, the house always wins. Vegas started off hot. All the way to the Stanley Cup Finals, year one. Playoffs for the next couple seasons. Got burned on a couple tough series. But then they kept biting off more than they could chew. And they ended up getting Mark Stone. And then they ended up getting Alex Petrangelo. And then they ended up trading for Jack Eichel. And at some point when you're going out of your way to get all these players. And you're spending all this money. And you're giving up all these assets and all these. The house eventually comes back and gets you. It's the betting term in Vegas. Let's go back for a second. 
Vegas in a really good spot. Two great goaltenders. Stacked defensive core. Marc-Andre Fleury is part of their part of their franchise. Alex Tuck, a big part of their team. Tage Thompson, this, this youngster coming in. They had Nick Suzuki <laughs> before the trade with Bacioretty. <laughs> now both those guys are gone. The Jack Eichel trade, they gave up both Alex Tuck and Tage Thompson. Tage Thompson, who scored more goals and had more points. I know Jack Eichel missed half the year, but Tage Thompson's going to be a 35-40 goal scorer. Jack Eichel has never done that. And Alex Tuck, who is a great leader, a player like that at the NHL deadline will go for a first-round pick. That's the type of player. You don't believe me? Alex Kopp just went for that. Or Andrew Kopp, sorry, just went for that. Earlier this season, going from Winnipeg to the Rangers. The Rangers, I believe, gave up a first, or if not, like two seconds, whatever it was. Those two players, by the way, they also make, I think, half of what Jack Eichel makes. But apparently now, there was a a list of players. It was, the Vegas Golden Knights no longer have any assets from the, they don't have any of the remaining players from like the Pacioretty trade, the Tatar trades, the Eichel trade, Marc-Andre Fleury's gone, Pacioretty's gone. They don't have any of their assets back. From all the things that Vegas did so well when they originally drafted that expansion team, right? Ripping teams off, getting, they still have Riley Smith and Jonathan Marcheseau, but all of those collective moves that they did Right? Getting Thomas Tatar and 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 plus and finding ways to swindle teams and have this exorbitant amount of resources and draft picks and young players. And they tried to speed up the process. Cause now one, they're already still over the cap. They're missing now Max Pacioretty and Robin Leonard. And we'll watch Buffalo with Tage Thompson and and Alex Tuck and Suzuki. And all, all those guys used to be property of Vegas. Now, for fun, let's go look at the cap-friendly page of the Vegas Golden Knights. Just to see what kind of situation they're currently in. Because as of right now, I believe without LTIR... They are $5.7 million over the cap with five roster spots still to be filled. The good news, they've got their first round picks for the next three years. But Jack Eichel's got four more years at 10. Stone's got five more years at 9.5. William Carlson's got five more years at 5.9. Marsha, so two more at five. Riley Smith, three at five. Nicholas Roy has five more years at three. And then Chandler Stevenson, who's a great, who's a great bargain, along with Alex Petrangelo, who's got five more years left. That is eight eight. Martinez, Theodore, McNabb, White Cloud. So now let's return to the scenario that we originally started talking about. What is Vegas going to do with their goaltending? As of right now, they have 25-year-old Logan Thompson, who is projected to be the starter. He's pretty good as a rookie. 9-14 save percentage in 20 games. Those are the only 20 games he's played. He's got also Laurent Bossois, 
who's coming off of his own hip surgery, and he also might not be ready for the season. And then Michael Hutchinson is the third string who potentially is the backup goaltender. Now, there was a list of goaltenders who could, quote-unquote, become available to the Vegas Golden Knights. They had five names on that list. And of those five, three, in my opinion, are realistic. Let's go through them, for example. The two that were on the list that I do not think are happening. One, Anton Kudobin, who also might, might not come back from his injury. And then Anaheim Ducks goaltender John Gibson. He wasn't going anywhere when there were rumors originally. They squashed them. They are not resurfacing now. John Gibson is not leaving Anaheim. Anaheim likes him. They're building around him. He's not getting traded. Stop. The first goaltender, who I thought at this point would have been traded, James Reimer from the San Jose Sharks. Now, the one reason these teams might not make this trade, they are divisional rivals. They do not like each other. However... This is not a few years ago where both of these teams were legit Stanley Cup contenders. San Jose's rebuilding, retooling, whatever you want to call it. And honestly, Vegas, in my opinion, is in this like limbo where you've got really good players, but the depth is just not there and other teams are just going to beat you and you're just going to slowly dwindle over the course of the season and now you don't have a goaltender. So right now the Sharks have three I would say two capable goaltenders on their roster. The one most in particular is James Reimer. They also have Kapil Kakinen and Aiden Hill. Kakinen was just acquired this past deadline. He's the youngest, and he's the only one left with at least two years on his deal. Hill's 26, and Reimer's 34. Reimer's got one year left at $2.25 million, and Vegas would have to shed still a lot of millions of dollars left. But Reimer had a 9-11 save percentage last year in 48 games, on, let's be honest, a not great San Jose Sharks team. He has a career 913 and has never had a season with a save percentage under 900. Reimer, in my opinion, is like the most likely because he's going to be a stopgap guy for a year until Leonard's back because Leonard still has, let me check, three years left on his deal at $5 million. One is essentially now gone. The other goaltenders, Semyon Varlamov, uh, has one year left at $5 million. Now, Elias Sorokin has become the guy in Long Island. He is the starting goaltender and is signed long past this coming season. Now, earlier this season, <laughs> we're going to get to them in a little bit. Lou Lamorello, general manager, indicated that he is not going to be trading Simeon Varlamov. He likes the tandem together. But they could be in and having to re-sign their RFAs Noah Dobson, Alexander Romanov, and Kiefer Bellows, along with potentially rumored Nazem Kadri. We'll get to that later, too. So they need to clear up a little cap. If I look on Vegas's cap-friendly right now, yes, they are almost $6 million over the cap. However, that does not include LTIR, which those players will be on for the entire season, specifically Robin Leonard. Simeon Varlamov makes the exact same amount of money as he does. He would be the perfect stopgap. I don't know what the price would be on him, but he's just a year removed from finishing fifth in Vesna Trophy voting, if you can believe it, with a 929. And last year, still had a 911 after the Islanders completely fell apart. The Islanders or um, Vegas would probably have to trade one of Brassois or Hutchinson. I think Brassois would be the one. 
but that's another stopgap. The last one, well, I don't think it's happening right now. Uh, Jake Allen from Montreal. We have absolutely no idea what's going to go around Carey Price. But Jake Allen has one year left to go at $2.875 million. And if Carey Price played this season, the Habs would probably like to move Allen out, get some pieces in, and then they still have youngster Caden Primo right now as a potential up-and-coming guy. Because then they've also got uh, Sam Montebo as a two-year, $2 million contract. So he's probably going to be the team's incumbent backup or at least part of the organization. But Allen's 32, has proven to be a really good backup goaltender and a very solid tandem goaltender as well. He's a 9-11 save percentage in his nine-year career. And last year was his worst year ever at 9.05. In front of a better team, which we've seen Jake Allen play with in St. Louis, he can be a very good goaltender. Again, this is all dependent on the status of Carey Price. If Carey Price ain't there, Montreal's like, we need a guy, and he's probably not going. But if Carey Price is like good to go and comes back even a month or two into the season, it makes Allen expandable, expendable. Sorry. And why wouldn't Montreal capitalize on some assets? Move him, get some picks, get pl- whatever the case may be. To a desperate Vegas team that needs a goaltender that is like, we don't have any assets, prospects, whatever the case may be. We just traded everything and we've had to get rid of two players in the last two years for essentially nothing. The most likely goaltender I can see is James Reimer. Varlamov, maybe, but the only way that Varlamov gets traded is if Lou comes out of that deal looking like the big winner. That's the only way that happens. But those are three guys that I think legitimately could be moved. The house always wins, man. The house always wins. And eventually, if you bite off a little bit more than you can chew, it's never a good sign. So we'll see what happens, but Vegas is in a world of hurt right now. Um, Okay, let's move on to Carolina for a second here. So news came out, (laughs) speaking of former Vegas Golden Knights players, uh, newly acquired Max Pacioretty, who was acquired from Vegas along with defenseman Dylan Coughlin for future considerations. Nothing. Uh, is going to be out for the next six months to undergo surgery to repair a torn Achilles tendon uh, tomorrow. Uh, the team announced uh, earlier, I believe, last week. He is still quite a good player in 39 games last season, 19 goals, 18 assists. This is going to be okay for Carolina. I'll tell you why. So right now we're in August. So August, September, October, November, December, January, February. So a mid to late February return seems likely for a guy of Max Pacioretty's stature. Why is it okay for Carolina? Because Carolina, despite not having Pacioretty for a little bit, has gotten better. They acquired Brent Burns. They re-signed Martin Nietzsche. Seth Jarvis entering his second year. The only player that they really lost from their roster was Vinny Trocek. Who, good player. Great player. But they've also got some depth there. Jordan Stahl's your third-line center between Jesper Fass and Andre Kasha. This is right now on Daily Faceoff. Your second line can be a mix of Tivu Teravainen, 
Maybe you try Jesperi Kokniniemi at that role, and then Marty Nietzsche's. And then, of course, your top line is Jarvis, Ajo, Svechnikov. Their defense is loaded. Brady Shea, Brett Pesci on the second pair, Slavin Burns on the top pair, and then Ethan Bear, and then you can probably put Dylan Coughlin in there if you want to. Oh, and then your goaltending tandem is back with Freddie Anderson and Antti Ranta. On top of that, as the year goes on, you will get Max Pacioretty back, and at some point, you will get Jake Gardner back. And Jake Gardner will slot in with Ethan Bear on your third pairing. Carolina also last year was one of the top teams and made it to the second round and should have, if not almost beat the New York Rangers. Now, I'm not going to say should have because the Rangers deserve to be there and then they took Tampa pretty well to six. But nevertheless, Carolina is going to be fine. Carolina is extremely well coached, have an insane amount of depth, and Guys like Marty Nietzsche, one, at some point played center, but two, you've got tools to mix some guys around. You can move up a Jordan Stahl if you need to to play a little, uh, some second-line minutes. You can move Marty Nietzsche to the center position, move up a Jesper Fast, or move up an Andre Kasha to play at a little extended role. You can mix and match guys around. You can drop a Svechnikov or a Jarvis to the second line to balance things out a little bit more. There's a lot of options to play with Ronda Brinamore. And defensively, this team is not... Go- they have the best defensive system in hockey. They do not need to score an abundant amount of goals. They don't. They are going to shut teams down as they did last year. They are going to be just fine. So I, I know that there are some Carolina fans kind of freaking out a little bit because like, ah, oh, we just got Pacioretty. Now he's out. The outside of, of uh, Vinny Trocek... That's really the biggest piece that you lost. And even then, you had depth at the center position where it's not the end of the world. So, Carolina thinks going to be good. And they essentially get Max Pacioretty back at the trade deadline time frame. Which is, you'd give up um, God knows how much to get him. And you essentially get him for free. So, I think Carolina is going to be just fine. Couple news stories to get to involving the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, the first one, really quickly, of course, the uh, unfortunate news of the diagnosis of Borja Salming was diagnosed with ALS. Now, I, underneath all my headlines, I put spin. Unfortunately, there's there's, there's no spin on this. Um, the 71 year old elaborated on his diagnosis in his statement with the team earlier on, saying that he received news that unfortunately he was uh, diagnosed with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. He said. In that instant, everything changed. I don't know how the days are going to be ahead, but I understand that there will be challenges. He's got his team, his his the organization is behind him, his his children and everything like that. So um, he reached out a statement. So we just wanted to come on here on the podcast and say that we're we're sending our love and prayers out to Borea Salming and and anything that that can be done. Um, he did reach out and just say, I kindly ask you to respect our privacy during these times as we. Uh, continue to battle forward keep us in your prayers and when the time is right and i understand more about my condition and future journey i will reach out so until such time we kindly refrain from all contracts so that uh coming out of course boyer salming hall hockey hall of famer uh inducted in 1996 his number retired by the toronto maple leafs in 2008 holds multiple leaf records including most goals and points by a defenseman and most career assists by any player in leaf history he is also fourth in club history in points with 768 in 1099 games and was voted one of the top 100 players in nhl history in 1997 so 
uh, tough news there and sending out as much love and uh, and prayers out to the, the Salming family. Now, another story in, in Leafland that has started as a real tough one has now prospered to a potential incredible story, incredible comeback. Toronto Maple Leafs prospect Rodion Amirov says that he feels healthy and has returned to the ice to skate with a trainer in the hopes that he can return to action in November. In a lengthy interview with the Russian uh, newspaper Sport Express, Toronto's former first-round pick in 2020, 15th overall, went into detail about how he came to learn that he had a, a brain tumor. Of course, he was diagnosed with that and took the entire year off to deal with it, going to chemo. Basically going on saying, in the beginning, I, I couldn't believe it at my age. I was worried. Um, you know, things like that. You have no idea how it's going to affect you. He said, after I got hit, I couldn't concentrate. Everything was blank. There were problems with concentration. It was like I was shaken up. So the way it happened, uh, he was uh, I, I think he was playing in the 2021-22 season in uh, Salvat Uvalde uh, in the KHL. He, uh, he took a hit in one of the games, and he started having issues that mimicked a head injury. And then eventually they scanned it, and it turned out that unfortunately he did have a brain tumor, and that di- was diagnosed on February twenty third of uh, of twenty twenty two, or yeah, twenty twenty two. He said at the beginning, he said they didn't want everyone to know it, and since then he has made amazing strides. He's been great in chemotherapy, and what's really nice too is the Toronto Maple Leafs organization one has been there the entire step. They have helped financially with medication and they have been there to support in any way, shape or form that they can. Uh, It is really awesome to see. Now he has signed his three-year entry-level deal uh, back on April 15th of 2021, but he is, um, he's still taking treatments five days a week. Normally it's at night, some chemotherapy, which has given him some bouts of dizziness, but it's nothing crazy. And then he said when he was dealing with radiation, he said it's like someone putting a bag over his head, but he has been pushing forward and there is legitimate hope that he could be returning in November. He said, quote, I believe, God willing, November. So I've also seen, don't be like this. I've seen, you know, when you go back in a draft after year two and you, you start to see which players have taken off, and which players have, haven't gotten there yet. You go, oh, I wish they took this player over this player. And there were some that were like, oh, I, you know, I wish the Leafs took this defenseman over, over this Amirov guy. Don't write off a kid with cancer. <laughs> you know what I mean? I understand that there is a business hockey element to it. But what if he comes back and becomes an impactful top six, top nine forward that is a big part of your organization moving forward? Oh, and on top of that, he battled a brain tumor, which took him out of hockey for a year and came back and is now playing. Like, this is a kid you just want to root for. And this this is everything. You want to see this kid suit up and play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You want to see him beat this. We have seen it with other players around the league who have gotten standing ovations and have been just the greatest story. Oscar Lindblom with the Flyers overcame cancer and was playing in the playoffs for them like two years later. 
I was unbelievable. Saku Koivu, another guy that beat it and then suited up as the captain of the Montreal Canadiens. It did not get bigger than that at the time. Jason Blake was a player who battled back from illness and played in the NHL again. There are a lot of different examples. But don't be going and saying, ah, we should have taken this player over this Amirov guy. Hasn't even played yet. There's a reason for that. He has cancer. So give the kid a shot. Maybe he turns it around. But let's not take blame at, at a 20-year-old kid because after a collision in a game in the KHL, he found out that he had a brain tumor. You know what I mean? I'm banking on this kid. I hope he comes back and I hope he gets an opportunity to play in the bigs. Good on him. All right, final note we're going to get to here is involving the New York Islanders. So we mentioned them a little bit earlier on right now. The New York Islanders are kind of in, I wouldn't say in limbo, but right now we're kind of waiting to see the ball drop surrounding the New York Islanders. One, they've got a few different RFAs that they still need to sign. They've got Kiefer Bellows forward, Noah Dobson, and Alexander Romanov. On top of that, there are rumors and reports out there that there is currently a deal done with Nazem Kadri, A seven-year deal in and around the $7.5 million range. That number could be more, could be a little less. I'm not sure. It might even be seven seven five. And right now, the Islanders still have roughly 11 point, what is it, 8 or $11.1 million, $11.185 million in cap space. They still have a couple contracts to sign. But there are reports out there that these deals are quote-unquote already done. The paperwork signed. It's sitting down there. It just hasn't been filed to the league yet. I got to say, so so the Islanders did this last year. I don't know if you remember, but they did this with Kyle Palmieri and Zach Parise, where both players were free agents, and then you didn't hear any news from them for months. And you're like, what is happening? And like three weeks or two weeks before the regular season, it was like the Islanders announced deals with Zach Parise, Kyle Palmieri, and this player. I think it, I think it was Matt Barzell, whatever it was. I was like, why wait? This isn't like, like showing your lineup to an opponent before a game to tip your cap as to how you're going to play. It's not like an NFL team scripting their first 10 plays or their first drive of the game to show how they're going to run the offense. It doesn't give you an advantage not announcing this. I don't know if there's other financial circumstances that come with announcing these deals later. I, I have no idea. I'm not a general manager. Couldn't tell you. But if this is like a tactic by Lou, or if this is something to try and swindle and get a little less money out of a player, let me just point out some of the contracts that are currently on the New York Islanders organization right now. Okay. <laughs> so, Anders Lee, who I know was hurt for a lot of last year, has four years left at $7 million. You've got Brock Nelson with three years at $6 million. Ryan Pollock has eight years 
at $6.15 million. Now, him and Adam Pallack are two very good defensemen. I understand that. He is also an individual that has signed David Clarkson to an eight-year contract. He is a guy that has signed players like Cal Clutterbuck, who has two years left at $1.75 million. Matt Martin was just got was has just taken off. And Casey Zizekas, at 31 years of age, is locked in for five years at $2.5 million. Casey Zizekas, of all the players not named Adam Pellick or Ryan Pollock, who are 27 and 28, so their contracts are going to take them till 34, or 35, sorry, Casey Zizekas has the longest current contract on the New York Islanders organization not named Pollock or Pellick. Yes, those are two different players. Oh, and Matt Martin still is on this roster at $1.5 million for two more years. So it's not like holding out makes these deals any better or not announcing them makes these deals any better. Why wouldn't you just announce it? Get it on your cap and then figure out if you're a little over or a little under then you can move forward. You know what I mean? It's just very confusing to me. Very, very confusing as to how... Listen, Lou was one of the best general managers in, in, the, in the business. He was with the New Jersey Devils for a long time, won championships with them as a manager, did a great job at starting the rebuild in Toronto, and the Islanders, for two straight years, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know if we're just like grasping for news at this point, but <laughs> I just want it announced. Where is Kadri signing? Why is Kadri still a free agent? The rumor is that he is in an, a verbal agreement to sign with the Islanders somewhere in the seven-year range at about $7.75 million. Noah Dobson and Alexander Romanoff have also been rumored to have their deals potentially done. But them being announced is just like, I don't know. It's not sitting well with me, but we will wait and see. It's all we can really do up until this point. I just, I don't understand that type of business. I don't know if you're just sitting, I don't know if you understand it or not, but nevertheless, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But that is it for the podcast today. Thank you very much as always for listening in. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Instagram, and Twitter at ST Hockey Podcast. You can follow me along at Kyle Grimard on Twitter and Instagram as well. Continue to enjoy summer, the middle of August. If you haven't yet, go take some time off. Go relax. Take a breath. Get back in the swing of things. If you're getting ready to go back to school, that's exciting coming up. Back to school for an entire year of actually being in school. The absolute best. Enjoy the week, and uh, I'll see you next week. Until then, it's a wrap. 